fade in, snowflakes dancing in the wind, a bright pink sunrise. The words starring Chris Leva and Mackenzie Worrell appear on screen. We pan down to see a small winter cottage. Maybe we see the words Disney Animation Studios if we're being ambitious. Maybe we're not. I don't know. This is Writers Get Animated, and we're doing our very special Christmas special, Christmas special, in our warm Christmas special cottage. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to this wonderfully wintry episode of Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling and animation. And, and this week, Christmas specials. I'm Chris Leva. I'm... I started to think of a pun. I don't have one. Mackenzie Worrell. <laughs> and uh, on this, our second annual very special Christmas special, Christmas special, we're discussing a very special Christmas special, which is Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas! Exclamation point, 1966, celebrating mm -hmm. its 50th anniversary. But in addition to speaking about the masterpiece that is Chuck Jones's, um, I think it's second to What's Opera Doc? Mm. Mm. Third? I'd put Duck Amok above this still. I yeah. love this also, but Duck Amok is in there. So it's it's in the top three of Chuck Jones masterpieces. Chuck Jones pieces. Chuck Jones pieces. Mm -hmm. Um Celebrated its 50th anniversary. But in addition to that, we're also slightly discussing how you take a 24-minute animated show and a really small children's book and turn it into a live action or full-length film. So we are also slightly, and I, I we're slightly discussing animation, or I'm sorry, adaptation with Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas 2000, a.k.a. the one with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. um, also in anticipation of another adaptation of How the Grinch Stole Christmas coming in 2018, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Sorry, Benedict, Benedict Cumbergrinch. Cumber Grinch. I should have said yeah. Cumber. I should have gone for Cumbergrinch again. I did that last Benedict time. Benedict Cumbergrinch. Benedict Cumbergrinch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's what's crazy to me about the the animated one that we're talking about today is that this is the Christmas special that I grew up watching. And so for it to be in its 50th anniversary means that I've been watching this for more than half of its lifespan. Yes. That's a lot of Grinches. That is. It is a lot of Grinch. Ten Grinches plus two. I <laughs> well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank um, you. It was really nice. They they just aired it recently on NBC on Black Friday. Um, it's too early. Which is way too early. But the nice thing about NBC, because, and this goes along with another uh, holiday special that celebrated its 50th anniversary, which was um, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. These aired the same year? They aired the same year. That's crazy. So um, ABC, when they aired It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, cut for time, 
pieces out of that special on its 50th anniversary. NBC, I guess having heard our episode, I assume they heard our episode on It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. They made a big deal saying it will be shown in its entirety for its 50th anniversary. So I assume that NBC, having listened to our, you know, tragic episode of about It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, realized the error of ABC's ways and corrected it for themselves when they showed How the Grinch Stole Christmas much too early in the season. No child can will ever go without hearing all three renditions of your mean one, Mr. Grinch. As the lyrics get crazier and crazier and crazier in that song. As my wife aptly put, most of this episode is that song. It is. Most of this cartoon is that song. Which, But is that a bad thing? I don't believe it is. If you want to sell a hit single for kids, you're going to have an animated special that has the same song in it three times. Because the kids aren't going to get sick of it. Everyone's going to want to buy that. What's the word I'm looking for? Record? Album? Whatever it was they sold back then. Album? Was it still an album? You would still call it an album. Okay. Al- album can still be for the kids today. This is before my time, so I'm asking my elders, a.k.a. Chris Leva, um, <laughs> what they were called. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, let's talk about what the Grinch is. Mm, where, amazing. Well, where the Grinch started, and let's talk about how it got, well, not how it got made into it, but what they did to expand it to 24 minutes. Because when I read the Grinch, it takes about maybe 10 or 15 minutes to get through the story. <laughs> the, the original book by Theodore Geisel, the big Dr. Seuss whose rhymes are pretty tight. I thought that was going to rhyme. I was going to try for a rhyme, but then I thought that I might have to do like a, I was going to go for a hip hop thing, but then I was afraid of slipping into my Lin-Manuel Miranda impression and wanted to stay (laughs) away from that. You could have done Theodore Geisel, also known as Dr. Seuss, whose rhymes were tight and also loose. Ah, that would have been better. Boom! And there was no high-pitched Tracy Morgan up in this area. You you win. You win. Yes. Well done. Thank you. So, we start with this very simple book, which is about a misunderstood green person. Yeah, like an evil Kermit the Frog. Yeah, the original design feels very Kermity. It does. Um, and he just, it starts, it's been a while since I've read the book, but the book, I believe, starts pretty similar. Just in Beatus breath, the Grinch hates Christmas, the Who's Love Christmas, go. That's it. That that's it, There's no origin story to why the Grinch hates Christmas. He just hates Christmas. And that's okay. And he decides that after 50 some years, which is kind of funny because we're nearing, we're nearing on the 50 some years. I think he says 53 or 54 um, in, the, in the poem. Is that the intention of the new remake they're doing with Benedict Cumbergrinch? 
I don't believe that that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't think that's why they're doing it for that. But he does say after 50 some times, I'm finally going to take action on this. So he's just been, I don't know how old the Grinch is then. If he started hating Christmas in his 20s and now he's like 70 something or he was 10 and now he's 60 something or he was four and now he's 50 something like either way hashtag life goals yeah he's he's been hating christmas long time mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go with that my thoughts gone <laughs> it was insightful i can promise you that oh i i do not doubt that grinch hates christmas so, oh, oh, the Grinch, who he is. I feel like the Grinch is the Dr. Seuss version of like the grumpy single old man who like lives on the street and has like that weird house. Like if this weren't a Christmas story, this could easily be like a Halloween trope of like kids talking about like the crazy person who lives at the end of the street and never comes out of his house. That's mm. who the Grinch is. The Grinch hates Christmas and he hates everything fun. He's the old man who says, get off my lawn at the end of the street. Yeah, and I believe it's only a Christmas movie for the Grinch because Christmas, unlike other holidays, has some hope behind it mm-hmm. in terms of being able to learn a very specific, easy lesson from the actions of the holiday. There's some, And that's what makes it great. It's not complex. No. No, it certainly is not. Now, I'm not saying that as something to disparage the special. I think its simplicity is what makes it really powerful. Yes. It's a parable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we don't need to have some kind of well-developed characters. That's fine. We get the Grinch is a Grinch is a Grinch. Well, we, And Cindy Lou Who is Cindy Lou Who. Well, we know a couple things about the Grinch. We know that he hates Christmas, that he hates noise. Mm-hmm. He, that's, I think that's the main thing that he hates about Christmas is that there is noise and there's happiness and singing and that, that the who's only get musical instruments for Christmas, apparently. And they're just going to play these loud games the whole time. And then they're going to sing around the Christmas tree. It's going to be loud and annoying. So we know that about him, that he hates noise, but we also know that he is living with a very serious medical condition. His heart is two two sizes too small. (laughs) So he has an atrophied heart um, and is somehow still able to function um, in his own way. He wouldn't want to live in the cold if he didn't have a good circulation. He lives in that snowy mountain year-round? He does. He does. Mm. Dramaturgical issues. But, yeah, his his too small heart. Um, The narrator of the story conjectures whether it is due to his shoes being too tight, possibly cutting off the circulation there, Um, and that's why his heart is too small, or he just... Something happened where he doesn't understand love. <laughs> I think it might be the latter. Yeah. It might not be the shoes at yeah. all. 
Yeah. Uh, they do. The who's. The who's in this. Who? They. The who's. The who's of Whoville. Um, what I like about this is the who's come in all shapes and sizes. It's just a very Dr. Susie and like, here is society and they are all different. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. They're... They all celebrate Christmas, but I mean, details. <laughs> they all live in a single town. I mean, some might live on the outskirts of town. They might. There might be economic diversity in that town. The Hooburbs. The Hooburbs. The Hooburbs and the Herban. The Who Urbans. The Herbans. Who Bourbonites? The Herbanites. <laughs> <laughs> the country who and the city who. Mm, I think I would read that. <laughs> that might be a book. I don't know. Uh, and there's a lot of them. And they just sing this wonderful, happy song. And like everything in the special just sounds so happy saying it. Except for whenever the Grinch says anything, which is part of the wonderful dialectical part of this Christmas special. The Who's just, they sing from the beginning, Fa Who Foray, welcome Christmas, bring your light. I could do it more cheerfully. Fa Who Foray, welcome Christmas, bring your light. Like, how is that not happy? That's infectious. I hate Christmas. I sang a song about Christmas just now. <laughs> and it goes straight up into the Trim up the tree with blah, blah, blah. Like, you just want to bang those crazy musical instruments. And, and put things on your tree. It's just really joyful. You want to shoot plungers at your ceiling. So they that turn into flowers. It's like, let's, let's just do stuff. Let's just do stuff about Christmas. I don't care if it makes sense or not. Let's just do it. Mm -hmm. Throw things and make things and... Well, no wonder the Grinch is, like, overwhelmed by that. There's just stuff everywhere. <laughs> People throwing things and adding things. It's just crazy. And it's it, the moral of the story is wonderful because it is he hates the stuff. And so the Grinch decides, oh, I can stop Christmas from coming. I can't take one more. And he goes and steals all the stuff because that's what he sees as Christmas. And you know what? Christmas comes anyway. He says, somehow it came. It came just the same. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or tags. The Grinch learns that there's more to Christmas than stuff. And that's beautiful, even to a cold heart like mine. So your heart is cold. It's not shrunken. It's, it's, just... it's not shrunken. It's actually too big. There's not enough circulation to fill all of it. Got it. So, the doctors say it's kind of dangerous. Would you say it's like a frozen heart? Is that a reference? That's a reference. That's to frozen. Oh. Let it go. I will. So um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about... How to ruin a Christmas classic. I don't. I, let's not talk about that yet. <laughs> I want to talk about why this is a Christmas classic first. I, and it has to do with Chuck Jones. <clears throat> yes. And I don't know if we need to put a minute on the fanboy timer, but this is Chuck Jones. Like, the Grinch is the epitome of Chuck Jones' characters. Yes. It's everything that Bugs Bunny can't be and everything that Daffy Duck wishes he could be. 
if you take all the fourth Wally sarcastic Chuck Jones stuff and you put it on the Grinch, like you realize it's perfect because it's meant to be for a villain. Yes. And neither Daffy Duck nor Bugs Bunny are villains. The Grinch is a villain. That's right. The best part, I don't want to say, well, maybe not the best part, but one of my favorite things is that fourth wall break where Max the dog jumps up on the sled and is like the happiest dog. Because dogs get like that when they go for rides. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going in a car. And he's just so excited and he's just... The cutest thing, like Chuck Jones can make the cutest character design. Like the dog is adorable. This dog is crazy adorable. Uh, yeah. And then the Grinch is just so bemused. <laughs> He's just so done with the dog that he has to break the fourth wall and stare at us and just like, can you believe this dog? What's well, got three magnificent beats to it? He does break the fourth wall and stares at us. And as he does, his pointy Santa hat flops downward, covering part of his face. So it's he's exasperated, then he's done with it, and then he pushes his hat back into place and marches forward like a gangster. Yeah. There's a whole face journey there. <laughs> it's and it's the stillness. Chuck Jones is really good at giving a character stillness and building on that stillness. I think probably the most um, famous image from the Grinch is that of the Grinch having his Grinchy idea to steal everything from the Who's, where his face goes into a smile and somehow gets scarier and scarier and scarier <laughs> until even the hair on the Grinch's head reacts in evil amusement. Yeah. It's, it's just the, it just builds and builds and builds and you're just like, Oh God. And it gets worse and worse. And children everywhere are horrified. I was going to say in conjunction with that, this is also a master class at how to use facial um, expression as a drag queen. <laughs> Are you saying the Grinch was fierce? Yes, the Grinch is super fierce. Do you see that cover? All that green everywhere? Flawless. Hashtag fierce Grinch. <laughs> fierce Grinch. <laughs> How the Grinch stole fierceness. Okay, I can say that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. God, I need a new favorite thing because everything we just said is my favorite thing. That's actually my favorite thing as well. So okay, we, well, we did our favorite thing <laughs> early this episode. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about this then. When <clears throat> we won't talk directly yet about the Jim Carrey remake. It's mm. not Jim Carrey's remake. I mean, it's the Ron Howard directed remake um, with, but Jim with Jim Carrey in it, but we think of it as the Jim Carrey one. Um, so I don't want to talk about that yet. Let's talk about the dangers of adaptation just in general or mm -hmm. the challenges <laughs> of adaptation in general. So in taking the book, as we said earlier, which takes about 15 minutes to read, 
or 10 to 15 minutes to read and turning it into a 24 minute special, what gets added? Uh, I'm not familiar. Well, of course the songs, the songs are added. So and there's you, a lot of song. So you add a lot of song. Um, you add a lot of action. So we actually see the Grinch stealing things, sneaking around, going through the motions. We see the Grinch building his um, Santa suit. We see all these things that are implied in the book, but then they take their time to actually do. So we get process, action, and funny stuff as they go through. So mm-hmm. he's now he's dressed in his Santa Claus outfit. He gets on his sled. We have the funny business with Max on the sled, and we actually see them travel. And probably one of the longer sequences is them on the sled traveling to Whoville mm-hmm. and all the <clears throat> crazy, funny cartoon business that happens um, on the way. You know, oh no, Max is now under the sled and beside the sled and on top of the sled, and now we're going really fast and whooshing through, and it's like the craziest sled ride in the history of this animated special when you adapt from one medium to another the challenge is filling in the gaps that happen between mediums and in this case of going from the book to the animated classic that's right i say classic um they do fill in the action and it's stuff that's already in the book it's filling in the gaps where the holes already are it's a natural fit for where things happen yes and tangentially talking about the next one, um, when you go from medium to medium, in this case, animation to live action, you try and fill in the gaps between those um, of a 24-minute special to a 110-minute movie, the gaps you try to fill in maybe aren't as natural. That's one thing that we could say about that film. <laughs> Unnatural. Unnatural. Everything about it. Hashtag unnatural. Not supernatural. Unnatural. <laughs> so, um, I because they're having to fill in so many blanks, you have to expand it. And you have to expand it by making a decision. You have to decide... Is the movie about the Grinch or is the movie about the Who's? And I don't know if they ever decided in this movie. I don't think they did. (laughs) Because if it's a story about the Who's, you expand it one way. If it's a story about the Grinch, you expand it a different way. So we're either telling story before the plot of the book or we're telling the story after the plot of the book. Right? Or we're telling the story of a completely different book. Right. Yeah. We're we're doing some yeah, doing a different book yeah. entirely. But I think well, what ha- go ahead. Well, what was interesting to me about the the 2000 movie is the narrator's at the beginning, just like it is in the animated classic, as if you're reading the book. And then the narrator pretty much goes away until 
almost exactly the one hour mark of the movie and the narrator returns and that's the beginning of the plot of the story that we all know so the first hour is just filler backstory right which and it is stronger in the last half of the movie the last half of the movie is um <clears throat> it takes almost all of its cues from the animated from the animated special because they know when people now think of the Grinch, they think of the animated film, I think usually before they think of the book mm, in absolutely. a lot of ways. At least visually, they see the Chuck Jones representation. And when you look at the Chuck Jones representation, and this has been said in interviews before, um, that <laughs> Dr. Seuss was like, um, that's not what the Grinch looks like. You're just drawing yourself, Chuck Jones. <laughs> which I'm okay with that. Which I don't know. It's like <clears throat> that's. I don't know if that's a compliment, but it's like you just drew yourself, but made it green instead of drawing the Grinch from the book. And when you look at them side by side, yeah, there's a striking difference between the design of the Grinch in the book and the design of the Grinch from Chuck Jones. But that Chuck Jones design is what we have burned in our brains and the song you're a mean one mr grinch mm -hmm. and fahu foray and fahu but i don't know if benedict cumbergrinch's film is gonna have either of those songs in them and the character design looks to be closer based on the original grinch I am excited to give it a try. Oh, I I do enjoy trying new things of old things. <laughs> enjoy trying new things of old things? Right. You know, new adaptations of old things, which is something that we're getting a lot of these days. Yeah. Not, I mean, it... For better or worse, we're getting a lot of adaptations of old things, and... I don't think that the Grinch lent itself to live action. It didn't. One thing that I wrote down watching this, um, in terms of this adaptation of going from animated to live action, what is the difference between cartoonish and cartoon? Can you say one or two sentences about that? The... 2000 movie tries very hard to be cartoonish and do ridiculous things and have break the fourth wall. Um, and essentially cartoonish has become synonymous with unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You cannot suspend your disbelief. Whereas cartoon um, is absolutely a medium where you can suspend your disbelief because they're going wholly into this world that is very different. And when done right, not Leo the Lion, um, you can suspend your disbelief and get into this animated world. So cartoonish and cartoon are very interesting opposites in my book, but they're very closely related. And I think the hard part about, th and this is something to say for a lot of times when they've done, especially in the 90s and early aughts when they were doing live action movies um where they thought that being a cartoon meant you had to 
like overact in this. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jim Carrey was overacting, um, but people were putting on this crazy cartoony attitude and not going from the reality of the characters and letting the cartooniness come out of the reality of who these characters were. They were just mm-hmm. being silly, which just doesn't work to be silly for no reason. And I think that something that the Chuck Jones special had that the Jim Carrey movie didn't have necessarily was precision. Comedy mm-hmm. in the Chuck Jones film is amazingly precise and timed and every movement is planned and articulated. Um, there's a scene where there's a close-up of the Grinch's face and he's speaking and you see his teeth and they actually, the teeth are part of the background and they animated his lips around it, leaving his teeth clenched. Um, there's a pencil test on the DVD version that I have that shows the teeth just staying there in this clenched shape and then his lips just being animated over these clenched teeth, which is just so rich. But there's that idea of just preciseness. And there are just so many moments in the 2000 film where it feels clumsy and not precise. This, if yeah, part of it feels very improv. Um, I would also agree with overacting in terms of why it feels cartoonish. Um, Jeffrey Tambor of Arrested Development fame after this movie is in it. And I, it felt very much like he was doing the acting equivalent of his Caged Wisdom <laughs> series from Arrested Development, but in this movie. Like, it's very like, look at me, I'm acting. You too can act for the price of $9.99 a month. <laughs> so, and there's, there's a lot in this movie story-wise like it takes i don't know if it's like trying to be wicked but this is before wicked isn't it when did wicked start i can't remember that when i feel like that's relevant we're gonna google it right now yeah wicked came out somewhere close to that um uh wicked musical 2003 is when the <laughs> musical premiered but, but the, the books from 1995 so the idea of wicked where we're taking a villain story and retelling it where the villain is actually a misunderstood hero yeah i mean this we're kind of at the height of that i guess well we're still getting that because we had maleficent uh, yeah uh, that doesn't count <laughs> we never count maleficent uh, except uh. in the original um that is its own movie <laughs> Um, so it's, it's essentially the first movie is you start the Grinch hates Christmas, the Who's love Christmas, go. This movie is the Who's don't understand the meaning of Christmas and love capitalism. And the Grinch hates capitalism and the Who's and everything they do because of what they love and not getting the true meaning of things. Not that he gets the true meaning of Christmas either, but he hates everything that the Who's perceive Christmas to be. And Cindy Lou, who is the only one who understands, like, Christmas isn't about this. And I feel like this movie is the story of Cindy Lou Who having her soul crushed by the reality. (laughs) And sometimes literally crushed. 
it, it thought it was about Cindy Lou Who, or it couldn't decide if it was more about Cindy Lou Who or if it was about the Grinch. They obviously loved Jim Carrey and the Grinch makeup, mm -hmm. which he had to do oh. torture training to be able to survive being in the suit. Did you know about that? No. Torture training? Yes. I have to, I'll have to find an article and put it in our show notes. He, I need torture training to watch this movie. Yeah, he, um, he underwent... <laughs> because of the makeup. It's a lot of makeup. The suit um, is on there, and he has contact lenses. Um, he had an expert who advised the CIA on dealing with torture as he coped with the grueling makeup regimen on the movie. So the daily ordeal took eight and a half hours Ugh. to get into the costume. And he took torture training to be able to cope with being in that costume. And I don't know how much of that torture came out in his performance. <laughs> I but, felt like that was a really long lead up for a punchline. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there may be, the answer might be some. <laughs> some, yes. Well, even if you're just awake for eight and a half hours to get into costume to do your shoot, like, I don't want to work eight and a half hours and then go to work. That's not fun. <laughs> so how long were the days of shooting? Well, now that it's been eight hours, let's get his one hour on the set so we can go home. Or is, did he have like four hours on the set after that? Five hours on the set? Like that... They must have shot the rest of the movie in the time that he was just doing his makeup to get him, get him in these scenes. And, oh, God. And did everything take one take? Because then... It feels like it. <laughs> okay, I did it. I got it. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. We have a film. A lot of the... Yeah, the, the visual aesthetic of this movie feels like Batman and Robin as a Christmas movie. They tried to be realistic, but not. They tried to develop a whole world, but a lot of that world was CGI. And the props that they were created didn't feel like they were lived in. It felt like toys. Yeah, and not in a good way. Not in a fun, imaginative way for a Christmas special. Right. If so moral of the story is um, if you're going to adapt a Christmas classic, um, understand the heart of that classic and uh, know how to fill in the gaps that need to be filled in, not the ones that don't. And I think what it, what it comes down to, so this is for the makers of the Grinch film coming out in a few years that they're probably already finished with, but... <laughs> What it comes doing it is coming down back to the essential question of who is, who's the main character of the story. And I don't think they ever answered that with 2000. In the original 1966, of course, it's obvious. It's just the Grinch. Mm -hmm. The Grinch is who he was, and then the Grinch changes. 
Today is the day where, for whatever reason, the Grinch decides to take action, but it's also the day that he is acted upon by Christmas. His action... He has... Yeah, he has a discovery. He has a reversal. He has a quite literal time. change of heart. Mm, yes, it grows. It grows. He should get that looked at. No heart should grow like that. He had an aneurysm. Yeah, three three sizes. It grew even bigger than it should have been. It was two sizes too small, and then it grew three sizes that day, and that is not healthy. No, too too much uh, bacon. Yeah. Just, just too much Christmas cheer is like bacon in your heart, directly in your heart. <laughs> Stuffed it. I'm, I'm seeing like a Grinch crossover with Pulp Fiction now. <laughs> no, nah, man, I don't dig on who swine <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's a good thing this is a kid-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look that up, kids. Uh, yeah. Well, we've already covered our favorite thing. We did. My favorite thing is that it's not Christmas yet at the time of recording this. <laughs> so, but do we have anything that we want to put on an end on this again? I think, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring in 2018 and we might return to this in in 2018 we'll return to the grinch well back back to whoville in 2018 um but back to the (laughs) maybe but if you can think of any um crazy Christmas specials that you've seen that you've grown up with. Um, you can revisit our last years where we discuss a Christmas classic, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and also a Christmas. Also classic. Uh, also classic, the He Man and She Ra Christmas special, um, which is in very many ways special. Yes, and next year we'll be doing our very solemn and pensive Hanukkah lesson Christmas special. Um, so you can tune in then for our <laughs> discussion of I don't know what. I don't know, but if you if there are other Christmas specials, let us know um, on Twitter at WG Animated and just let us know of Christmas specials that you either love or love to hate. <laughs> animated. We'll take them all into consideration. For next year, I just saw the the Ice Age Christmas special. I don't know when that's from, but I saw that the last half of that on TV. And I have dramaturgical issues with the mammoths encountering a human Santa Claus, but you know, that's the one dramaturgical issue you have with the Ice Age films. <laughs> no, no, just the Ice Age Christmas special. Just oh, that. Okay. This human okay. Santa, and he's wrapping presents to get to all the human kids in the Ice Age. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's skip that. Let's let's go straight to homework time then. Oh, 
I didn't it's know. It's Star Wars Day. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing for a moment. I was, I was, I was Star Warsing. Okay. That's what that's called. I coined that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is once again going to be Star Wars Day. And um, as it is happening on a Friday again, and foreseeably there will be a Star Wars Friday every year for the foreseeable future, <laughs> we will continue doing Star Wars Day specials of Raiders Get Animated. And because Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, features Saw Gerrera, a character who debuted in the animated The Clone Wars... Clone Wars? The Clone Wars? Star Wars is a different. Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Um, we are going to discuss um, Clone Wars episodes season five, episode two, through season five, episode five. It's a four-part saga um, about Saw Gerrera and his origin. So you can listen to our podcast on the way to go see the movie and know everything that you will not need to know for Saw Gerrera in the movie. Because who knows if they will touch on any of it for Rogue One. My guess is that they won't. They yeah. just, they needed a really cool name and a character that Forrest Whitaker could play. And yeah, like, how about this guy? Oh, great idea. Either way, I'm excited. But now you can know all the backstory of animation. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Possum. As always, Merry Christmas to our engineer, Nigel Cotino. Merry Christmas to Jacob Reed for Ac- music. Actually, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holiday. Happy, I don't know what. Everything. Happy everything. I know that's really insensitive of me to say. It's, it's, I'm like a Star Wars, not a Star Wars, the other one. A Starbucks holiday cup right now. That's me <laughs> as a person. Let's just offend everybody. Ta-da! <laughs> Atheist check. <laughs> Wait, cast, you can find us on the web on Twitter at WGAnimated, Facebook.com slash WGAnimated. And for show notes and information about the making of How the Grinch Stole Christmas! Exclamation point, 1966. I'm sorry, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas! Exclamation point, 1966. And, and a little bit of information about Dr. Seuss's <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas 2000. Find it, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, for all the show notes and information, links to our past Christmas special. I'm sorry, our past very special Christmas special, Christmas special. There we go. There we go. So. I'm not going to say it to you. Okay, well, Merry Christmas, Chris. Merry Christmas? Merry, Merry Christmas, Mackenzie. <laughs> and God, you all a good night. I was going to say God bless us, everyone. But that, oh, that, that works, too. That works, too. I was quoting Dickens. I know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want you to be offended by that at all. I'm, I'm not offended. Don't worry. Okay. I'm hard to offend. I'll take Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Home Alone 2. Boom.